Greetings and love, everybody. Anybody listening out there right now? Thank you for tuning in. Some things I've been thinking about. I was thinking about, I think about language and I think about words and I like to play like word word games, making new words. The port, the arts of portmanteau. They call it, they made up with one sportmanteau, the sport of making up new words, combinations of words and yeah, analysing language and analysing memes and symbols, uh, archetypes, mythologies, theories, uh, cultures of our time and of past times as well. I was thinking, I think about the word alright quite often when people say how you doing and say alright. It's a really, it's a really common word, it's a really... Yeah, often used words, all right. Kind of analysing it and I've come to a new place with it now. For 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 a while I was I was kind of triggered by it. It was a few things stimulated from that. One one cool little thing happened, I liked it. Um I went to the, this uh I, I saw a friend in the gym one day. And when I walked in, I said to him, how you doing, mate? You're right. And he, he was skipping and he just stopped skipping. He looked at me right in the eyes. He was an, he's an intense guy. He's a proper character. But he looked at me and he said, no, I'm not all right. And he, you know, it was a, I was surprised. He got my attention. He said, no, I'm not all right. I'm fantastic. And um, I got it. Okay, I got, I got what he was saying. liked it in that moment, you know. He wasn't just all right. And he didn't want to just say that. He was all right because he was feeling more than all right. He was feeling fantastic. So that was his um, affirmation in that moment. And it was cool when I'd done it a few times as well. Got you got to like pick the moment when you do it. Because there's also a, there's also a simple, there's a, there's a common wisdom. There's a simple wisdom. There's a compassion of, of saying it, of saying all right. Um, yeah, I think, I think, um, and <laughs> there's another, Another angle of it I saw, and I got to credit this this interesting character from a local town. Um, it was known, notori- notorious, infamous character known as Percy Veer in West Norwood, who I'm pretty sure was born as a man, but has chosen to take on the uh, costume of a of a woman was likes to wear women's clothes, and in particularly, extremely scandalous, extremely revealing, like um, thongs, thongs and bra with massive um, plastic plastic boobs, and uh, yeah, kind of very very strange character to be honest. Um, big trigger for everyone for the whole town. Um, but yeah, very confident with with the way, with the way they were doing themselves, being themselves. Uh, very kind of antagonistic as well. Anyway, at some points I had them um, some interactions with this person because when it was like the um, local feast day, I was uh, helping my dad at the gallery and stuff, and um, you know it's open to everybody. So ended ended up having some conversations a few times and. 
um, he she gave me their book. Um, they wrote a book. That was that's what that's what they, that's what Percy was showing me. And I actually bought a copy of this book for a fiver. Um, and there's a little. It's on. It's on. Made out of paper with a staple in the middle. I think it's like an A4 piece of paper. It must be a, printed on A4 paper and then um, stapled in the middle and folded in half. So it's a little A5 book, self-published. And to give to give to give Percy credit, there was some interesting shit in there. I haven't read all of it at all, but the bits I have looked at were an eye opener. Um, and one of them was to do with all right. He'd like written a. It's drawn this map of um sort of modern society and there was the land of all right and it said that it was about um yeah <laughs> so this social uh, agreement that's been established where you don't if you don't you're asking someone asking someone if they're all right and if they respond with all right is basically like saying it's kind of agreeing to a code where you're both just going to agree that you're all right and you're not actually going to like pry into the other, into the other person's business and they're not going to pry into yours if you kind of do that it's like a code all right yeah all right and then you can kind of like move on with whatever else you're going to talk about so it's a funny way and so for a while i was like i did that i did that didn't make an impression on me and i, I could hear all right and it's you know in, in london people would say like this all right all right mate all right all right um and I began to hear it and analyse it and I, I, I kind of built up some aversion to saying it for a while and then hearing it in, when people said it and kind of like hearing underlying uh, meanings or contemplations of it. Um, and, then I've, and then I kind of came around to it in another light because I was thinking of it in terms of a, a energetic spiral movement through life. So if you imagine there's like an ascending, you could, hmm, positive and negative aren't exactly the right words, but there's like a, like a progressive spiral and a degressive spiral, an evolving and a devolving spiral. And I saw it as like, if you turn in a circle to the right, you spin round, it's, you know, cl- basically clockwise. If you if you think of all your actions as being to the right, it's like this spiral going in, in one direction. And if you keep, if you keep turning in the same direction, you're going to make a spiral and like a spiral staircase. If you keep on going on this staircase in the same direction, you, you'll carry on going. If you're going to the right, you'll go, if it's a, you know, the way this, this the stairs are made, you will go upwards or you'll go, you know, forwards. And if you're going to the other side, you'll reverse on yourself. So I was like, okay, I, was, I began to see this different power of all right, this different, different way of understanding it. And not that it's, oh, it's just like a, a barrier or we're not telling each other the full, the, we don't want to tell each other the full story. It's more... Like, how's your attitude? Where's your attitude at? Are you leaning to the right or are you leaning to the left? Are you spiraling upwards or are you spiraling downwards? Are you all right? Are you turning around? Are you looking for the for that angle and everything? I, I had um, one story I like is of the, they say, Gautama, the Buddha, described four kinds of people. Um, there's the people who are in 
darkness, living in in suffering, but that are turning towards towards the light, that are turning towards the peace. And there are people who are in p in the light, but they're turning towards suffering. And there's people who are in suffering who are going even further into suffering, and there's people who are in in light, in bliss, who are going even more into bliss. And it's about, at any point, depending on where we're pointing our attitude, we can be any any of those people. And the this art of enlightenment, of spiritual evolution, is to stay on this course of turning in a in this in this certain direction. Maybe that's right. So that's just another way I was thinking about the word "all right." All right, all right, mate. So yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm all right. We'll let us sometimes, sometimes think of it. And then I'll, another one is if if you're if you're all right, are you out of balance? And actually, it's supposed to be half right, half left. Anyway, some 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 thoughts about the word "all right" to kick off this podcast shout out Jocko Willink I've been listening to so many podcasts over the years of podcasts and I've been feeling this urge to start my own one for a long time um just meditating on something to start by just listening to a, a talk with Jordan Peterson and Jocko Willink yesterday and Jocko said that someone was telling him in 2015 that he should a few people kept on telling him that he should start one and then one day he just found it and started it and he's done and that he's posted a podcast every week for since then since he started so you know five six years consistently every week except for one week when his best friend died in a parachuting accident uh so that was his reason for not posting one on one particular week but that consistency really inspired me um i get inspired by people like that determination discipline focus um and and also for another little aspect of it that was kind of i guess um inspiring is that he said that he's described what his podcast was and he said a lot of the time it was just him talking um or him reading a book or him just yeah talking about some things and it's just 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 him not always with guests as well and i, and I, I was like wow oh, that's actually like that is that's a good thing to think about and that inspired me to get on this anchor app today and just press record and start rolling so yeah i mean i've been um writing down uh ideas and notes when i've been getting them in my in my journals and on pieces of paper on the wall, little ideas come to mind. Um, I've I've kind of been compiling this long list of all different concepts and theories that pop that have popped through my mind's observations, and um, yeah, definitely got got some things to to riff on here. Started with all right. Now I'm going to alone. Alone is an amazing word as well. Alone is a word I've meditated upon a lot, thought thought about a lot. Powerful word. Um, this notion of being alone. <laughs> Even as I say it, I'm looking up and I see uh, 
the um, my daughter's little water bottle, which has a, a cartoon character on it with a big eye looking back at me. A little from a minion from the film Minions. There's a little minion over there on the shelf looking back. The eyes, the observers. So for me, in my in my own reality, in my own experience of life, um, I've had many eye-opening experiences to spiritual realities, spiritual presences, spiritual parallel, simultaneous spiritual realms and dimensions. So the concept of being alone greatly changed when I, when I began to have experiences of being the only human in a room, but, but becoming aware of many other energies, many other presences, many other feelings of... Um, of beings, of spirits. So in a way, I don't, I don't ever, I don't ever really feel alone because I'm all. I feel, always feel with this, with this great present, connected to this great presence around me. That ultimately is I can understand as myself as well. So the one thing I think about with alone is to find the the space in in the aloneness. And then if you literally find, if you literally put space into the word alone, if you just put a space in between the L and the O, you get, and well, then you add another L, but it's kind of, kind of there, it's all one. So in the aloneness, you find the space, you find all one. It's like one of my little observations with the words there. And that goes, that kind of leads to the next point, which is about, um, a uh, parties, a party. This is another one that's kind of been a, uh, a kind of a game, tr- a trigger, um, and an ongoing observation for me is is the language of uh, parties. So, something if you think about that, do you want to go to a to a party? Like going to a party, and you know this is you know. I've got to share as well, you know, for me personally, I've always had interesting experience, interesting range of, um, yeah, experiences of, of parties myself. Um, p- plenty of challenges and tests, to be honest, and not, not always my um, easiest place to be, this, this, this theory of a party, yeah, for me personally. Especially growing up as a teenager, I mean, I didn't didn't really have anything to compare it against, so I just took it for granted. That's just how socialising was. That's just how socialising was. But when I started doing um spiritual ceremonies, like ayahuasca ceremonies and shamanic healing ceremonies and spiritual gatherings and stuff like that, I I just experienced um, human interaction on the. Con- human interaction on a completely different level and and really really found myself to and this is a massive relief because yeah I've often felt really uh, awkward uh, <laughs> at parties and I was, you know to think so that I would um, analyse the, the word a party and actually a party, if you, if you put it together, you get a partness, a part, a part, like, that like has this energy of, 
of being apart rather than being rather than being one, which has its um you know has its has its time and I I've had great fun and wicked memories and good laughs at parties as well, um, but I've, but often often not as well and I think it's because what's happening you know with the gathering of people is actually a potentially really powerful experience for coming together gathering for uniting uh, becoming all all one not all one energy but if it's not kind of organized and established and choreographed or sculpted into that kind of experience it can be also like a really um, an experience of the opposite of actually like real distance even can be in a room full of people but feel finally have that feeling of being alone like not being able to connect with anybody and um, being a feeling of being apart it's like when you think is it a self is it a self fulfilling name a party like a party like it makes you feel apart it's just um something I think about with that one working it out still there's also definitely like there's a there's a there's a, like a wisdom to being able to to let loose and and um make small talk with with strangers or whoever they are you know so there's there's a there's a power to it as well and I, I've got to catch myself if I'm if I notice I'm getting too too sensitive or and developing a spiritual ego or noticing aspects where um you know it's like if you, if you struggle to find something in common with someone meet someone at a party and make some small talk i think the illusion is that there with that that there might not be something in common with someone but as i you know think about it now the reality is we have way more in common like any human that we meet we really have way more in common with than we don't in a way the vast majority of us of ourselves, of our beings, just to be a just to be a human, just to be alive, just to be now, just to be alive now. In, in and in the same location where you're meeting someone, in, like in a house, in a party, there's so much filtering just to get to that moment. Um, actually, it's a you know it's like a really opportunity to find find what then and celebrate what is what is in common. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm talking about party. Um, I think about looking back in the past, catching, catching myself, it's, it's like a little, this is the next, next tip for myself that I've um, been practicing, is if I catch myself thinking of a negative thought from the past, a memory or a something that's triggered me something's triggered me and it's brought up a memory um then just being like okay how long ago was that memory um particularly if it's something that reoccurs uh work out how far back in the past it was and then uh flip forwards into the future the same distance and so say say it was something that happened five years ago uh, an intense uh, confrontation or something with somebody or or somebody hurt you or something failed or you know some some mistake was made 
say it was five years in the past. It's like the practice I I sort of worked out myself and found useful was catching it and say, okay, say it was five years in the past, look, now I'm going to flip it and go into the future, five years in the future, and how can I use what I learned in that moment over the last five years to make the next five years different and where do I want to be in five years' time with the with the wisdom that I've gathered from that previous mistake. So I'm calling that like look back and look back and forwards. And it was like if it's a re- also if it's a regular if it's something repeating, you know, it could be a, a challenging uh, thing from the past. It could be a, a particular moment or a particular essence of, of emotion that's repeating. Um once you get like the once you've worked out the the time the timeline in a way and then the timeline forwards like the mirror of how far forwards it is and go through the meditation of how you want to to change and evolve and transform it and shift it in a in a positive progressive way it makes the 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 kind of the shift from once it's just as just as soon as you catch it you can like go okay it's already You've already worked out the the future route, so you can you can sh- like take a shortcut straight there. The gold, quote my wife in this one. The gold is in the catch. So yeah, I mean the, the key the key thing is to keep is to keep catching our thoughts, catching becoming aware there's negative thought patterns and stuff to catch them in the moment. But kind of have a have an idea where they're from and think of the future vision, you know, re- reset, refocus, looking back and looking forward, Real, realising when I'm wrong has been a really powerful, important part of my education, of my learning, development, um, which can take a great lot of humility it's like I began to see that pre many times I had a pattern of being wrong, but then not wanting to, the ego, not wanting to, it's like, if you're wrong, you're wrong. Um, you can make it slightly better by realising that you're wrong and then adjusting the situation. But the worst is when you're wrong and you don't even want to admit that you're wrong. And then you just make it, it just makes it worse. So the hardest thing is to actually realise and accept. But it's also a powerful moment because when you can actually, times when I've actually been able to, in a way, catch it, realise that what I was doing, what I previously thought was right, was wrong. It's actually, it's, it's empowering and liberating and can make space for a positive, positive make space for a change and then, a realignment to towards something more positive, but yeah, the hardest part has, was often to to for me, you know, to 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 realize that I was wrong. But when I when I could and I could surrender my ego to the fact that I had been wrong, it was it was really like the greatest moment because then I could get get control of the situation again and uh, make a difference. Um, 
thinking about faking. Think this interesting, interesting thought about the notion of faking. There's a phrase, "fake it till you make it," which I've, which I thought, which I heard it tonight ten years ago, and uh, it stuck in my mind, and I liked it a lot. And and there's there's a power. There is a power to that. Many times I have faked my way into a, into a better mood than where I was. Man, you know. Phys- changing the physiological, changing because, and then it's you know you can analyze where does it really come from with fakeness. Because if if you know reality is what you what you make it, is it really faking? If you actually are making it, it stop. When does it when does it stop? When does it stop being fake and becomes real? So there being this this crossover point where you're you might be feeling like shit and. I might be feeling in a in a low energy mood, feeling more introverted when I'm maybe about to be in a situation where I should be extroverted. Um, feeling low energy when it would benefit me to be in a situation where I was high energy, and and in moments like that, I've been able to sometimes catch it and go, okay, right, whew, suck it up. Let me shift up my state now. I'm feeling good, and then even just something like saying, like saying the words, you know, oh, I feel good. I feel great. I feel really good. Actually, wow, I feel amazing. Oh, fantastic! It's um, it's faking. You know, you're you're faking the state, but it's amazing because it actually does create the state. And also, I noticed there's an interesting connection, a synchronicity, um, to the word fakir from ancient India that the fakirs are like the yogis the mystics the holy men the magicians the healers the fakir the fakir the the fakir and my first uh, meeting with that is from the asterisk books if if you don't know there's a range of books originally French um, or Belgian um, French thing um, asterisk and obelisks and in one of them, Asterix and Malik's and the Magic Carpet. Asterix and the Magic Carpet. Um, a fakir flies on his magic carpet, levitating from India to find this, to find their village. Um, they go on an adventure. But I, I thought it was cool. It's a kind of a very old, it's not a very common word, fakir. But it's very similar, but just like pronounced slightly different to faker. So it's like thinking about these connections between being a faker, being a fakir, being someone of a magician, being someone who creates things, who makes things, who fakes things, who is like an alchemist. You know, you get to get the gold from the lead. There's a there's a faking. There's a there's an acting. There's a manipulation of the truth. You can kind of change the truth of how you are my thoughts about being a faker fake it till you make it a good workman it's one about good tools said a good workman never blames his tools and then the, the, the follow up I thought after that was a good workman never blames his tools because a good workman has good tools and thinking tools are important tools are really really important sometimes I, I get this one with um, painting, paintbrushes the the difference you can do what once you get to I guess more a depth level because to be honest if my daughter or her little friend are doing a painting 
to them it doesn't really make that much of a difference if they're using a a one inch or a two inch brush or you know the quality of the paint because at their level they just want to smash it around everywhere they just want to thrash it about but once you get into more refined more refinement and um detail the difference of the brush really makes it diff- really makes a, a powerful difference um so it's like my tip tips on having the discernment to do the right investment get good tools so you can do the good work next tip is the saving of the 10% of the money this for me has been a um something I just clicked into uh, about a year ago so for me personally the first time in my life when I'd had a a structured savings plan I mean me going to talking about savings money now is a, is a whole podcast in itself but just to say that um, there's a really great book The Richest Man in Babylon um, that I listened to the audio of and the main takeaway that I got from it was the power of saving 10% of your income. So paying yourself first as soon as... And, I, and that's what I was... Since I've kind of got this information, I started practicing it, and it was a big life changer. So if anybody is not doing that and their financial situation is not exactly as they want it to be, and they have never done any saving practice i highly recommend to start practicing saving at least 10 percent. so every time you get any income any payment for anything at all first thing you do is you take 10 percent of whatever it is and put it into this place where you do not touch it and let that grow it's like a organic magnet they say to the rich man more be given poor man even more be taken away I believe might be a parable from Jesus or the Bible somewhere but I've really experienced that myself as well so highly recommend that for that for anybody who hasn't checked into that one yet power of the the 10% saving Um, next one is to manifest in jest manifestation thoughts become things um so what we think about we we magnetize we expand we amplify um yeah and then, and then just and this just was a little this was a little observation from last year me and uh, my wife Diane were living in London because the palace but dreaming of moving, of, of living somewhere else, and uh, one day living in Barbados. And, uh, you know, a while ago we looked thinking about it as somewhere far in the future, but um, sometimes I would just make jokes. I would make jokes about it. We'd be, you know, in the, in the sitting room, I might be doing the washing up or something, and I'd just, I'd just say a joke like, oh, do you want to go down to the, the Oystens tonight? Which is like this place in Barbados where they do all the all the food and they have all the um, uh, music and bars and restaurants and stuff and really nice area to go up so I was like it might be like some grey rainy day in London they'll be like oh do you want to go to the, do you want to go down to the beach do you wanna, which beach do you want to go to today 
and it's like uh just things to like kind of cut the state you know like should like um shift the shift the state like a surprise you know to kind of like trick the mind just get us like thinking of like oh yeah oh let's you know imagine we could go down to the beach anyway the point of the story is at the time sometimes it just felt, it just felt like it's the most ridiculous thing to say you know it was like so far from the truth but just I think to, it was like each time just to open open up the mind to like yeah that could happen start to visualise it that's the manif- that, that has been you know power of the manifestation process so I put it as like manifesting jest like make jokes about the things that you that you want so we're we're here in a in a place we're staying in now this house we're uh, renting but looking to get our land forever you know buy land and stuff so we make jokes about the land you know have you gone and fed the chickens have you go pick the vegetables go on the trampoline and go in the tree house and I just like kind of talk about it like talk into existence talk about it like it's already there it's the manifest ingest next one is next one is big mother this one I'm it's like a observation I was thinking about people were talking about um big brother and and observation from big corporations and things like WhatsApp and Facebook and um oh, excuse me. Can it getting late here but just just felt the right moment to do this. Um but yeah the, the big mother people getting off WhatsApp because of um information and stuff being being stored I just wanted to share my own personal my own personal interpretation of it it's like having having connected and expanded to an experience of the universe and divine and of God on such a greater level of of awareness of scale than my human mind can possibly even conceive and had had even conceived before that moment And in a way, for me, that's why I, uh, fear is it's not exactly the right word to say fear, but that I'm I'm aware of is is getting my data, <laughs> whatever you know, whatever the information people people are concerned might be being um, recorded by by the internet or Facebook or something. For me, like way more important than that like the trump what trumps that is is the divine is the divine recording is the in in ancient india known as akashic the akashic records it's the recording of everything everything we've ever done is stored in our level of our dna our bodies are like libraries cellular libraries every moment every breath is recorded and down on these minute levels our biologies our our biographies so i'm personally way more concerned just within the own inner dialogue of my mind my heart my conscious my consciousness my own in, my own internal inner compass my own internal relationship with with myself with my truth with my ego what i love what i fear the dance between the two what I know is right, what I know is 
what I know is wrong. Um, way more than Google or Facebook. You know, like it's like I, I not to say that I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that I don't do anything. I post as if I don't care unconsciously. I mean, I I'm conscious of. I consciously edit what I put out on the internet because I know it's all being recorded and stuff as well. They are, I do have an an element of of filtration on my on what I contribute to the internet. Um, but it's on no it's on no kind of comparison to to the level that I consider and contemplate the 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 omnipresent observation of of everything around me right here right now feel it tingle get tingle up my spine as I'm talking about it it's it's ever present so it's it's kind of made has kind of made me laugh a few times in um in some kind of way that there's this a lot of fear around like the the um the system, the observation of the system, which is which as well has its place and is warranted, but it's like what trumps that is the for me is the is the spiritual observation. So, you know, maybe if you're gonna talk about one, talk about but talk about all of it as well. Not just that it's on WhatsApp or Facebook or something. It's like okay. This and then this is the next point, however no I didn't put it down but there's there's a good one I I liked from Kanye West he was on Joe Rogan podcast and this is what I got from him the three hours he was on that one or something he said one thing that really interested me he's talking about fear and God and fear of God and his faith and his religion and the way you know his spiritual theory is that he fears nothing except God. Like, God is the only thing he fears. Um, which is kind of... Which is interesting for me. For, for quite a while, that had been a trigger. Like, the idea of fearing God. And I'd had, like, my own judgments about religions that taught to fear God. And I'm like, I may still do. But I... He, Hearing him say that made me think about it in a different way. It made me think like, like so. What if? And the way he described it was that if you if you don't fear, if you don't if you can't conceive of of something like much greater than you that is very much, um, and you know, omnipresent guiding power of of life. Then in a way everything can be everything could be scary. You could be you could be afraid of everything. However, once that once this connect like connection to um, this like a great energy is is experienced, that that kind of that can become basically like that's the, you know God like and it can be. More, more powerful than anything else. Any other thing that could be could be um, scary is it's more powerful than anything. Anything that could be scary, if if it's on your side though. So in a way, like if you fear it, 
it's the, the fear will guide your actions to stay righteous, to stay to stay in truth, to stay in peace, to stay in integrity and in alignment with the with the message coming from that essence of nature of love. If we if we if we use fear to help guide our actions to stay on this true path, to stay on the maybe the path of all right, the spiral in the certain direction, moving towards the light or even to be honest, I think light and dark are um, limiting limiting conceptions as well because we we lean towards it being that light is good and dark is bad but that's a dualistic way of thinking about it because we need both we need light, we need dark, we need balance so thinking about that thinking about Merry Christmas thinking about all the different days that we celebrate throughout the different years but thinking about like the essences of each day I was really this past this last past Christmas I think it just as it as it came and it built up and then it passed it got me thinking about that being something that could be done like thinking of Christmas as as a daily the the mass of the mass of Christ I guess the name comes from Christ mass but that it didn't have to be something that is only once a year and also the energy of it it's you know it's, oh man there's so many crazy things with our with our modern day society but the fact that in some ways we dress these days up to be like unique one-off days where we gather and we eat together and we give each other gifts and we have a good time and everybody's you know on a positive vibe it's like oh yeah and then that's like yeah that's a really special day christmas um <laughs> maybe a birthday or something but for me i was just thinking what like that 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 should be a normal that should be every day in a way so in some some ways to think about christmas so my so my content my contemplation with that is that it was to kind of normalize saying merry christmas on many days of the year not just on the 25th of december say say merry christmas to each other in june um same with birthday same with new year same with um easter <laughs> just mother's day father's day all these days can be every day um son's day daughter's day brother's day sister's day you know most like make up a name make up a make up a day yeah so it's the new year you know one thing thinking about people think about the new year we have our society now linked up with january with the first of january being the new year so i just if anyone hasn't thought of it before i'll put it to you that spring is the new year march 21st equinox spring equinox is the is the natural new year the solar new year the the first day when the sun begins to set later and the days get longer than the night special days powerful days and um yeah for you know to live in to live in uh union in harmony with alignment with with nature is it's a powerful thing for me that's that's my spirituality i love how do i say it? that nature is my church 
love is love is my religion, nature is my church. Yeah, and, and the world and the seasons are the other are the parts of the ceremony. So it's it's a a syndrome, a um a metaphor for the kind of crazy imbalanced, disconnected aspects of our modern Western society that the new year is considered to be right in the middle of winter which is a kind of kick in the teeth for for a lot of life in the Europe when you live in, in the middle of winter it's, it's it's this myth it's this trap of like that being the time to start new stuff so we had gets there's this um, trope there's this um, repeated idea of new year's resolutions of starting stuff and a lot of people get on a fitness focus and start a whole new discipline or regime on the 1st of January but naturally in terms of nature wise it's like the worst time so for me you know in my opinion it's the worst time to to start something new it's actually like naturally it's the time for being more inward well I mean you can start new things within just within yourself but just to be aware that that's that's um that's the time to be more inwards you know when the weather's cold outside and um the day the days are short long nights this is, this is a good time to line up with being in, being more indoors and more gentle on yourself maybe not just different ways but to, to time the <laughs> the launch into, into like new regimes of fitness is everyone can feel it especially you know you live in Europe or colder, colder places. When the when the days start getting longer, and you start getting that sun on your face in the spring. Oh man, that's like can be such a boost to the whole system, and training can can kick into that new gear. So for me, the spring is the new year. I'm talking about seasons. Talking about I'm talking about women's seasons now as well, guys. If you didn't already know, women have seasons. Um, menstrual seasons and it's it's been for me really and for Deanna as well for you know for both of us to kind of like learn how to well to understand the different, different seasons and different uh, characteristics and different qualities of of um, you know behaviour different moods and you know the, the more I've learned about them and understand it more I can time my interactions and you know what I'm bringing to the relationship at different at different times in the month. So I mean, there's obviously way more information out there about this. Give me give some water. Wow, sorry. Need some water. Spring water from this beautiful little spring I go to nearby but yeah this, the, the seasons the women's seasons are uh, this, this is a really good thing Bait on a really basic explanation they go through winter, spring summer and autumn as well and the the, mens- the, mens- the time of the menstruation the bleed um, you know, in the period, 
here it comes is, you know, I want to understand that it's the winter and the, the common experience is of introversion and more rest, more um, her time, you know, so it's understanding when it's that week, it's going to be more, kind of give her more space and um, do my best to really uh, sort of monitor the duties, the, the kind of joint duties and kind of take more, take on, take on a bit more that week, you know, because so just to give her a bit more space to rest, give her time, look after, you know, spend, consciously spend more time with, with our daughter, um, so she can have that time to herself more, um, and it, you know, it passes, and then it go, it changes into spring, and that can, there can be like a lot of new energy and uh, new ideas, and and when by the time you know after two weeks, and it's the summer, then that's the time when it's much more likely to be time for us together, time to uh, connect a lot more, a lot more extrovert more energized and you know that's that's a, a, a time to enjoy being together more which passes and then you can begin to feel the energies changing and then it's kind of like this ebb and flow of like coming like really closer together and then it starts to change and then we kind of sort ourselves more out so it's a but it, it hasn't always been that I've been aware of these cycles and stuff but it's a it's been a really good trick to to kind of get to work to work it out and understand where you know me personally where my wife is on her on her cycle to to be able to yeah just have more information about best ways to keep the the relationship harmonious hmm. I think lockdown like a big retreat strangely enforced retreat but yeah kind of commentary on the lockdown aside just to, just to offer an offer up as a way to think about it is is you know to consider retreat consider spiritual retreat what what are benefits that that can that can come from being isolated on your own um, with less distractions, this is you know you know in many ways it's the foundation of of uh, spiritual practice um, and temple culture in ancient India. The, they call ashrams, uh, the, the yoga schools, yoga temples. These these in a way synthesize lockdown, <laughs> like a, a meditation retreat is like a like a. Uh, yeah, an organised lockdown, a consensual lockdown. Would you like to come on this meditation retreat? We're gonna, everyone's gonna stay on their own. No, I'm, I mean I'm I'm referencing mainly. There's there's one called Vipassana that I've, that I did a few times, many years ago. It was one of the first um, big spiritual experiences that I got into. Actually, the first year uh, when I was 20 and I went to India and someone was talking about this retreat and it was 10 days 
10 days and, and the, it's in 10 days silence and meditating 10 hours a day and it just hearing this hearing this girl my friend Shira from Israel hearing her explain it that she'd done it just blew my mind because we've been doing in the I'd just gone to this ashram in southern India in Kerala um, and I'd just been starting to practice meditation was doing like 20, we were doing like 20 minutes sitting still and um, so and that was super challenging I was super challenged by that my mind running around monkey mind bouncing all over the place um, so for her to say that was our, you know doing that 20 minutes a day for her to say that we they do 10 hours a day for 10 days and it's all done in silence I, I vividly remember just being so shocked uh, I just found it funny I couldn't even believe it but anyway it is done and it's done the whole time and it's a massive movement and it's called Vipassana well the the technique itself is called Vipassana so the technique itself is a Vipassana itself is a technique is a name for a technique that was taught discovered rediscovered by Gautama the Buddha um and it's, a, it's an observation practice, so it's a way of scanning your body, observing the feelings, the sensations in your body by insight. So Vipassana is, um, I believe, translated as, as insight. Um, anyway, the, the way it's taught now in like a modern setting is in classically in 10-day retreats, which was a method that's been passed down through Buddhist monks from from India, from Sri Lanka, from uh, Burma as well for thousands, you know, thousands of years. Um, and in in a way, what they do is they do a, like a lockdown, socially socially distancing lockdown. You don't talk to anybody, don't look at anybody. Just have I just had my own little room, and you just you get taught the technique, you know, like it's guided and it's taught uh, each each session. But the vast majority of it is just you sat in a room, which is which on my in the cases I've done it, we had lots of other people sat at the same time. Sometimes I did a course with you know eighty people, did a course with three hundred people. Um, went to a meditation to opening of a big meditation dome near Mumbai um, and I think there was five or ten thousand people it's the biggest unsupported dome structure in the world the the Vipassana meditation center outside uh, Mumbai it's an absolutely amazing place Dhamma something Damagiri, all the temples are called Dhamma something, Dhammadipa is the one in England, Damagiri is I think the um, the main centre outside the Pasana. Anyway, I'm I'm saying all this stuff. I was really when I when I when I first did this course it absolutely blew my mind. Um and I was really into it for for a few years, did like about did sat three three courses and served on three other courses. Uh, and made a lot of friends and um, used to go to group sits in London, meditation days in London and um, 
yeah, I used to hang out with uh, <laughs> an interesting spectrum of people that it, that it, um, that it attracts there. But it was, yeah, in some ways when this lockdown thing all happened, it, it got me thinking of ways to, ways to make, the, make the best of any situation. And if the situation is, for whatever reason, saying stay indoors, stay alone, don't touch anybody, you know, another way to think about it is it's like, like, a, lock, like a retreat, okay? Retreat, retreat inside ourselves. And, do the insight practice look look within every moment is so full of potential for that every moment is so full of potential for for insight for awareness for practice it's a magical it's a magical way of living next point is the paper paper wall writing for me um yeah, something I something, and I noticed that I would get I would get ideas. In my something I thought would come to my mind, and I'd be really really excited about it. But I might be doing something else in the moment. I I, I would think, oh yeah, I'm just gonna write that down in a minute. In a minute, let me just finish this thing I'm doing or something. And then, and then something else would happen, and then I'd try and come back to it, and it was gone. It was disappeared. I couldn't remember. You know, like many times I've had that had that experience of not being able to remember something that at the time was like, this is like, like, ah, oh, that's a brilliant idea. Like, like some brilliant thing that I just re you know, for me that I just realized. Um, so what I'm doing is just getting a piece of paper and blue tacking it on my fridge or just in my kitchen somewhere and having a pen really close to it always. So when I'm doing a cooking or washing up or sweeping or whatever, just in the house, um, my what my practice became and, and is now is that as soon as the idea comes and it's like realise it's a good idea, it's worthy of remembering, go straight to the board and just write it down. And sometimes all I need is like one or two words like abstract uh uh pointers to, to the thought just to just to trigger the memory. So I mean I'm I'm kind of going off a list here that I did and um some of them are just oh maximum time is 60 minutes keeping on the clock okay i've got a minute left but yeah i'm just i'm just going through these points basically some of them are just one or two word bullet points but th those words point me to uh, a whole a whole line of uh thoughts and contemplations I've had about particular issues or subjects so I'm just riffing just kind of freestyling but with a slight agenda of things that I wanted to talk about I'm going to end this on now and work out how to get this online and up to you so shout out all my friends out there any listeners um it kind of blows my mind that the that you are listening but I know you're there and I'm happy and uh, I hope this brings you some benefit. I appreciate you, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever the, the time is that you're listening to it. Peace be with you. Peace and love. Us.